Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today, I am interviewing Miss Kimberly Coots, who is a coach, counselor, and author of Divine Worth, Break the Bonds of Unworthiness and Create the Life You Desire. Miss Coots has also developed a website, projectheartspace.com, that I think many of the listeners will enjoy hearing about and participating in. And I welcome you, Kimberly, to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I'm very excited that for any listeners who want to leave a comment at the Your Story Matters Radio Show Facebook page or at our website, www.yourstorymatters.net, about today's interview will be entered to win a copy of Kimberly's book. So that's very exciting. Thank you, Kimberly, for donating that to the show and to one of our listeners. Oh, it's my pleasure. So before we talk about the book... Can you tell the audience a bit of your background, your story? What kind of led up to some of the things that you're doing and anything significant in your past, even back to your childhood, that sort of created some of the desires in your heart, some of the characters you have, and the things that allowed you to see things differently and want to pursue the life that you have now? Well, my childhood and my um, upbringing was a big part of this book coming to be because I suffered a lot from unworthiness through that that time of my life and it really fostered these self-limiting beliefs and patterns and I had a lot of suffering in my life because of that so my my process was to want to transform that you know to heal that and transform that mm-hmm. some of the the things that I encountered as a, a young adult I would say this primarily happened, you know, starting at the age of 10, although my father was absent from my life for my entire life. I was surrounded by addiction a lot. Um, Addiction was a big part of my life in in the adults that were around me. Um, And it even caused me to lose my relationship with my mother for for quite a while because her her boyfriend was involved in, um, in drugs and so I was separated from my mother. I didn't have a relationship at all with my father for my life, for mm-hmm. my whole life. So as a teenager, I was very independent and uh, moved around a lot. And I had three jobs in high school to support myself. And I just really formed this unworthiness conditioning around that because I felt like if I were good enough or if I were lovable, that my parents would have been there for me. Mm-hmm. And from that, that belief system, I attracted people who also made me feel like I wasn't good enough or Mm -hmm. didn't treat me well because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel worthy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got to the point where I eventually turned to addiction myself and began drinking alcohol at a young age. At the age of 15, my boyfriend was 21, so it was easily accessible for me. I just, I had so much pain from this, these experiences and the meaning I gave to those experiences, which were meaning was that I wasn't good enough or lovable. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I just couldn't deal with that pain anymore. And I started self-mutilation, you know, cutting myself with a razor and which eventually led to my, me attempting suicide. Mm. I can imagine that was a very difficult time, not having the adult influence around you that was positive and, and encouraging and loving, as you said, But I do want to, before you go any further, um, talk about the fact that, because I've talked to other people who have survived things like you have, and myself included, where during high school you had three jobs, you kind of took care of yourself, so there was also a part of you that was willing to do something about your circumstances and wanted to keep on 
going, so to speak, and do something. What would you say to that part of you that was functioning in the midst of all the dysfunction? That also fed into the unworthiness stuff because I felt like I had to prove I was worthy. Mm -hmm. So by having, by being the overachiever, you know, I, I had all these jobs. I I did really well in the school and I ended up graduating early, but I impressed my teachers because that was how I got praise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all that drive, which ultimately I had to do to support myself, but it put me in survival mode. But it was also because I was getting praise from people who were proud of me for the things that I did. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. but on the, on the flip side, I was, I was, uh, an alcoholic at the same time, but people didn't know that I felt like I was living a double life. Mm -hmm. And that I imagine is extremely stressful and disheartening and discouraging when you see one thing that's happening, that's good. And you're feeling good about yourself. And then you have the other part of your life that's not good at all oh yeah and I have to say a, a big part of that for me was I, when I was just beginning high school I lived with my mom's cousin and one day she told me I had to move out so I, I moved without any notice an hour away to live with an aunt of mine and had to go to a new school and and I moved from Detroit to a, a small town mm -hmm. and the school counselor there had said to me kids like you never make it in the world and you just cause a bunch of trouble because I was from the city Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I took that and said, I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. so, right. In a way, you know, in a way I could have easily gone down the wrong you know, wrong path and not been responsible, and, and definitely there were parts of me that weren't responsible, but there was another part that was overly responsible, so I had no balance there, but mm -hmm. I'll never forget when he told me that how that made me feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes those very negative and discouraging comments are the things that keep us going and as you said create that will that we just don't want to give up we want to prove someone wrong so yeah but it started out being this proving thing and that's really what it came down to is all the stuff that I did was proving that I was worth proving I was good enough mm -hmm. getting all the stuff that I felt like I was supposed to have to be good enough I, I set out on this path to do that mm-hmm and was there a turning point or something significant that sort of opened your eyes to the things that were happening? Or was that when you were attempting suicide? Was that your turning point? I've had so many turning points. I mean, the, the suicide attempt was a huge one because I realized I really didn't want to die. That, mm -hmm. wasn't, that wasn't what I really wanted. I just didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. And I wanted to be loved and I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be nurtured, and I was at the age of 16 when, when I attempted suicide, and I became pregnant with my daughter at the age of 18, so that, becoming a mother really, really helped me to shift out of that somewhat, because I had this other life to take care of, and mm -hmm. so excited to have, that was my family, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that was, my, I really didn't have a family for a lot of my life, and that really gave me a new sense of purpose, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but again, I was putting a lot of my worth in, in her, in, mm -hmm. in my role as a mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there were, there were definitely turning points like that that happened throughout my life, but it was finally when I realized that I'm placing my worth on things outside of me, such as my job or my material possessions or my roles and relationships. It was a progressive awareness of mm -hmm. this unworthiness. Mm -hmm. And did you have any sort of support, any other than the people that were encouraging you or praising you for doing well in school or things like that? Did you have anywhere else that you could turn to to find some sort of encouragement or direction or guidance, if you will? Because I know my own self, not having had people to teach me as a you know young adult or a teenager even, 
how to manage finances, how to be a mom, things like that. It was really hard for me to figure all that out on my own. No, I mean, that was really all on my own. I figured all that out by mm-hmm. just by being thrown in, into it. But when my daughter was younger, I had the, I knew that, you know, the addiction thing was still a part of my life. I smoked cigarettes. I still partied a lot. And the reason for that was because I worked so hard to build up this lifestyle that I was supposed to, to be worthy. I had the six-figure job and the, hot, the nice house and all the material stuff, and I was a single mom, and I got all the praise from people going, wow, you're a single mom and you're so successful, and da da mm-hmm. But I wasn't happy inside. Mm-hmm. I did all the stuff that I thought I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't happy, so I turned to, you know, partying a lot to escape that pressure of being something I, I'm not and, and to deny what I really wanted, which mm-hmm. was to have my own business and, and, and help people heal their and transform their pain, mm-hmm. their unworthiness. Finally, I, I decided I want to heal this. This is really affecting my life. It's keeping me stuck. and not happy. And mm-hmm. I've done all this stuff. So I began this path of looking for ways to transform my pain as mm-hmm. well as training to help other people. So mm-hmm. I, I have a whole list of certifications and things such as being an ordained minister, being a spiritual healer, all kinds of energy, healing, massage therapy, you know, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really was, I transformed my stuff, but then I also educated my, myself on helping others at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think, of course, at Your Story Matters, that's the whole idea is to learn from our story and then turn around and take those nuggets of wisdom, if you will, and share that with other people. And in your case, you do that quite extensively through coaching and counseling and through your book. And before we go on to talk more about that process that you went through of healing, was a part of your issues besides the feeling of being feeling unworthy, um, have did any of that have to do with forgiveness issues with your parents because you didn't have the parents that you needed and wanted and hoped for? Oh, forgiveness was a huge part of that process, uh, not only of my parents and, and of other people, but of myself. I found that I had so much grievance toward myself for engaging and and treating myself the way that I did because I bought into that belief system. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of forgiveness involved Mm -hmm. in it, especially with myself. Right, and I agree with that. I've had to face that. I really learned that until I was able to forgive myself, I really couldn't forgive other people. So it had to start with me. Yep, exactly. And was that something that you struggled with more than some of the other things, or was that just part of the mix of trying to heal through all that you had been through? My dad was a big thing for me because he'd never been a part of my life, and I, I went through a lot as a teenager, and I always felt so angry at him that if he would have been around, I might not have had to go through that, and I might not have felt the way I did. Mm-hmm. So when I was 24, I, I contacted him and said, I, wanna, I want, would like to meet you. And I had all these intentions of going there and saying, here's what my life is like and making him feel guilty. And just, I just felt like I needed to do that. But when I met with him and he started telling me about how his life and all the struggles he went through, and I realized, wow, he wasn't absent from my life because I wasn't good enough or I wasn't lovable or I wasn't worthy. It was because he didn't know how to love me and he was struggling with his own stuff and his own addictions. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with my worthiness. Mm-hmm. That's- so that was... That was profound for me. Yes, and I'm glad that you shared that because I think that's what a lot of people don't seem to realize is that, you know, our parents only know what they know and what they've been taught and what they've experienced. And unless they get help to heal and to learn how to parent, 
then it's really hard for them to be what we need them to be. And I think that it really helps us to have compassion and give them grace. Yes. And I learned it wasn't that he didn't want to be a father. He just didn't know how. He didn't know how to, to be loved and nurtured because he never had that. So, you, you know, he, it wasn't something he knew how to do either. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So can you tell the listeners a bit about Divine Worth, the book that you wrote? I love the title, Breaking the Bonds of Unworthiness and Creating the Life You Desire, because I think that's key for so many people who have had backgrounds of a lot of emotional and mental anguish and hurt and pain and those types of things. So share with us, if you will, in a nutshell, what the book is about based on your experiences and what you're trying to teach others. Well, there's actually four parts to the book. And and the book is not very long. It's about 100 pages because there's a lot of exercises. There's over 25 exercises in the book. Because I didn't want this to be a book where you just read it and then you go on with your life. It's a Mm -hmm. book that you read, but you also apply the exercises to yourself personally so that it's interactive. It's transformative. Mm -hmm. And the first part of the book is called Awareness. And it talks about what unworthiness is, how it shows up. Because unworthiness isn't always apparent that that's what it is. There's many masks to unworthiness, like procrastination and being a perfectionist, being overly busy, addiction, you know, there's there's lots of them. Mm-hmm. So I talk about the awareness of it, what it is, how it sabotages your happiness, how it might be showing up in your life. And then the second part is called healing, and that's really helping you to transform. Once you become aware of it, what it is, how it's showing up in your life, it's about healing and transforming it. And the third part of the book is called Joy and Fulfillment, and it helps you to create a new foundation for yourself because and this is all based on stuff that I've gone through that I've helped many of my coaching clients through. So these are, these are all exercises and things that have been proven. Mm-hmm. And I found that once you are aware of your unworthiness, you transform it, then you're, then you're like, well, what's next? You, know, mm-hmm. you, you have to know what you want and know what your heart's desires are, know what your passions are, and and step into that. So the third part of the book is to help you do that. It's to help you step into the true joy and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And the fourth part of the book is something I wasn't sure if I was going to put in the book, but I really wanted to, and and I was a little afraid of doing it, but I just decided to do it, is I included my poetry Mm -hmm. from 22 years of my life. So as a teenager, when I was going through all that that trauma, I I started writing poetry, and that was my outlet. Mm -hmm. I included my poetry from age 14 to to date Mm -hmm. to show the transformation from my deep unworthiness issues that I portrayed in my poetry to the poetry I write now. Mm -hmm. Show that as an example of it is possible to go from the edge of darkness to the profound light that we really are. Mm -hmm. I love that, and I think that's so important. It's much like writing your story, whether you do so in poetry or images or even um, music. When you show, you know, from beginning to present, if you will, it can really help you to see how much you've grown, how much you've learned, where you've come from. And for my own self, it reminds me that I can get through the next journey or the next chapter if I'm finding myself in a difficult spot. Yeah, and I wanted the, I wanted the readers of this book to know that I was there. I've been through this. I've walked this path, and these are all things that I'm sharing that really helped me to transform that. So I'm not coming from a place of being on this pedestal that I'm great and wonderful, and you know, I wanted to show that this is a this is a journey, and you know, just 
for readers to feel like they're not alone in, the, in, in their own journey and in the process. Mm -hmm. I think that's important also what you just mentioned because I think that sometimes people see people of success like yourself as someone that they could never be like and they don't get that we've all gone through our own journey, our own ups and downs and our own learning to get to where we're at and so I'm glad that you mentioned that, that you share really a part of you, a personal part that was, you know, probably painful in some ways to share with the world, if you will, but very necessary for people to really connect and get what you're saying about how they too can get through their own stuff and then find this amazing life, the life that we desire and actually live it. Yes. Oh, you know, that's just a message I want to share with everyone is that we're all worthy of living a life that we love and that we desire and it's there for you. It's it's really our self-limiting thoughts and beliefs about ourselves that that block that and mm -hmm. we can change that. So that's, mm -hmm. it's great news that we can change that. Absolutely. We do have a choice every day, by the way. So it's not even something that we're stuck with if we say, hey, we want to go down this path, and then that starts to not work or doesn't feel good. We still have a choice. Yes. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about the life that you desired that wasn't happening for you? Because I know you mentioned, you know, having a successful career going on and a nice home. So what was it in your life that you thought, you know, this is what I really desire, even though I've achieved these other things? Well, I always wanted to be... From a child, I wanted to be like a psychologist or, you know, helping people. And even at a really young age, I, I don't even know how I, at a, a young age as a child, I knew what a psychologist really was. But I always felt like I want to help people. I mm -hmm. want to help people understand and, and transform their lives. And I just knew I had this purpose. And mm -hmm. I really didn't understand what that was. But I knew throughout my healing process and all the certifications and, and, and training that I took that it was leading me towards being a life coach. And, and I've, I have a, a very extensive business career, so I also enjoy working with conscious entrepreneurs who are out, you know, who desire to change the world and help them with building their business. So I'm helping people not just personally, but helping companies that also help people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, w I had my business on the side, so I, I worked at my corporate job, and I also did this business um, part-time on the side. And that was a big struggle, too, because I was a mother and a business owner, and I had a corporate job, which uh, which I traveled a lot with. I was juggling a lot of things, but I always had this fear that, you know, if I let go of my corporate job, because people would say, you're crazy, and mm -hmm. you know how hard it is to get a job like that and to make six figures, and you have you, know, you, ha you have it so great. So I felt guilty. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, if I, if I quit my job to do this, then... I feel guilty because I'm being selfish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the feeling. It, it all worked out wonderfully because when I finally decided, okay, I'm going to do this, and not because I'm being selfish, but because this is really what my heart truly desires, and this is, this is truly the gift that I have to share with the world. I'm not really sharing my gifts to my fullest extent in my corporate job, mm -hmm. and I'm not happy. And I was also looking at how I was modeling that to my daughter because I would tell her, when you grow up, you do what makes you happy and do what you love and, you know, don't be like me where you're, you're working at a job because you feel like you have to. You mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that yeah. example because I think that's so important for people to realize is that whatever we're role modeling to our children is usually what they buy into, that this is it, you know, that those are the only, the opportunities or the limits to what you can do with life. So 
I'm very happy that you shared that with the listeners because sometimes it is not just about you. It's about the people around you who you can truly show that, you know, unlimited possibilities and the amazing is available to all of us. The universe totally supported me when I gave up that fear of security and said, okay, this is, this is it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And right at the time that I was going to quit my job to go into my business full time, which I knew would bring me so much joy, my company ended up getting, I worked for a multi-billion dollar company and they, they got sold. And they asked me if I would move to another state and I said no, so they let me go, but I got a severance package and you know, everything just lined up perfectly when I let go of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. So can you tell the listeners a bit about Project HeartSpace and what that entails and how that came about? Yeah, Project HeartSpace, it was when I was meditating one day and this vision came to me of having an online resource community for people to live from their heart. And Because I realized that that's really the, that's where our joy comes from, is when we're living from our heart space and not from our ego. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are living from our ego, and that's how we're conditioned. So I wanted to create a space for people to learn how to live from their heart and, and, and be encouraged for that. So I created Project Heart Space, where I created um, free email courses and audios. I interviewed heart-based masters like James Twyman, and other people who are very heart-centered. Mm-hmm. And I put them on a website for people to access mm-hmm. for free. So they can go on there and, and read some of the poetry on there, uh, download some of the audios and the email series, motivational and inspiring. That's great because I know that a lot of people need those types of things and a variety of different things to stay encouraged, to stay focused, to keep dreaming and trying to reach those dreams. And that is at projectheartspace.com, correct? Correct. You will share your website where people can find out about your coaching services, counseling, and how they can purchase their copy of the book, Divine Worth. Well, my main website for my business is KimberlyAnnCoots.com. That's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-A-N-N-C-O-O-T as in Tom, S as in Sam. And that has all the information about my coaching. There is stuff about the book on there. I do right now have a website just for the book, and that's divineworth.com. And if you visit that website, you can sign up for the free telesummit about the book that nine other leaders and coaches and authors from around the world will be joining me to share, and it's free. So you can uh, go to divineworth.com. Click on the Telesummit button at the top, and that will take you to the free registration page. That sounds great. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you tell the listeners um, something that, you know, a few of the things out of all that you've learned and experienced on this journey, which sounds so amazing and wonderful. I'm so happy for you. What are some of the key things that you've really learned and that have really changed in your life being on this journey and fulfilling your desire to write your book, to start your website, to do all that you do? Well, some of the the key things are, first of all, connecting with Source or my Creator, God, whatever word you want to call it. But that was a very important thing for me because I always felt so separate. I I felt that God was a religion and I was never brought up religious. Mm -hmm. I felt very disconnected from God. And Mm -hmm. when I joined the seminary to be an ordained spiritual peace minister, I realized that it's not about religion. I didn't have to be a religion to be connected with God. And, and when I re- when I connected myself with God, because God never disconnected for me, it was me thinking I wasn't connected. Mm-hmm. That was a huge shift for me. 
mm-hmm. and realizing I'm not in this all alone. Another one was knowing that my reality isn't all there is. I can change my sense of reality by changing my thoughts and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I learned tools and ways to do that, and I share that, that in my book. But those are two very key things is changing my beliefs and my thoughts and remembering that I'm really not alone. I'm not separate from God or from life. I'm very interconnected with life. Very good key um, points. So I think that two main reasons that people suffer from unworthiness is they, they don't know who they are or why they're here, you know, our purpose and, and, and our presence. Mm-hmm. And learning that we are all the divine essence of our creator and we're not the personalities that we think we are. And we're not based on our circumstances. I mean, the things we've experienced in the circumstances are a part of us. But that's not the whole total of who we are and what we're capable of. Yes, correct. Very good. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. And can you tell the listeners if you, or share with them, if they're just lost and they're in that place that you kind of described before, just feeling very unworthy and into behaviors and habits that are you know, really destroying their lives and sabotaging all the good things, What's one or two things they can do to start now? If they could start today to turn something around, because you and I both know healing is a process, and there's a lot that goes into finding the resources and then working through your issues. But if we could give the listeners one or two things that they could start with now, what would you say those would be? Well, one that sounds very simple, yet it's so powerful, is to claim that or commit to that you you want to transform it, that you want to heal. Mm-hmm. Just that declaration helps the universe to bring in the teachers and the support that you need to do it. I mean, that's really, I had to get to a point where I said, okay, I'm ready to transform this. I don't, I don't want to tolerate this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just settle anymore. And I think it was coming to that point that really helped me either to see things that were already there or allow them in. You know, mm-hmm. so it's that deciding that you're ready to, to heal and transform is a huge one. But yeah, it, it sounds very simple, but you have to do it not just by saying it, but really feeling it in your mm-hmm. heart that mm-hmm. you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one is I would say doing self inquiry and journaling. Like I would get a, a pen and a paper and I would ask myself questions How am I feeling? Mm-hmm. How am I really feeling? What, do I, what am I wanting? What's mm-hmm. bothering me? What am, I, what am I just tolerating or settling for in my life? Mm-hmm. I'm getting awareness. We are so conditioned to distract ourselves when something is bothering us or mm-hmm. we're not to distract ourselves. So becoming really clear about what we're just tolerating or, or what we want to transform is what we can get awareness. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think those are great points. I think that when we really can admit and announce, if you will, that we're ready to change and start something new and heal from something, we stay focused on that, and it does begin to happen for us. And I think um, even in the journaling, we learn from that whole process of where we've been, where we're at, and we can start to see where we want to go. And hopefully others will realize that there will be fear in that, there will sometimes be obstacles, but I think if you start taking it from a point of view of one day at a time and just reminding yourself where you're trying to go and what you're trying to overcome, it is very, very possible. It is, and it, it is a process. And just be very gentle with yourself. So if anyone today would like to be entered to win a free copy of Divine Worth, Break the Bonds of Unworthiness, and Create the Life You Desire, authored by Kimberly Coots, 
Please make sure to comment at Your Story Matters Radio Show Facebook page or at www.yourstorymatters.net. Kimberly, thank you for joining us today and for sharing a part of your story. And I just wish you the best in your endeavors. And I'm very excited about all that you're doing to help others. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed sharing with you. Thank you so much.